1: as it is the last Tuesday of the month, which you will see probably within the next week or so, at least the video, uh, the audio will be up as quickly as possible. Um, but we have Tom Campbell with me. Now, Tom is one of my favorite guests, host, co-hosts, because we get to talk about a lot of his theories and bring them into the practical and you know, Tom has so much information out there, and it attracts so many different types of people. A lot of my work is, you know, for those people that really, you know, want to dig deep, and a lot of times that's just the women. But Tom reaches a different market because he, you know, he really goes into some of the interesting paranormal things and his theories and this trilogies of books that he wrote, which is my Big Toe, Theory of Everything. You can find out a lot of what Tom does by looking at his YouTube station, which has hundreds of videos and mm, probably thousands of hours. <laughs> uh, right? <laughs> yes. Yes. And now we are putting up our shows so that you can get a sense of what we do so that you can kind of look at them more practical. It's great to look at the theories because I think the theories – again attract a lot of people and they're fascinating and I'm not so much a science person but I can appreciate um a lot of what Tom brings into his work and what we like to do is just get into you know what how we actually take his theories and his work and and make it practical make it let's look at the nitty-gritty of what we're you know trying to accomplish which is to making choices about love and to grow up and to lower entropy so today i thought we would look at resistance so we're going with the f- the fear concept again. I know it's a hot topic. It does still tend to be a lot of the comments other than the ones that love Tom, which everybody loves Tom. Um, (laughs) We do, the fears are the one thing that sort of come up. We talked a lot about fears in the last one because we were kind of looking at how people don't really understand sometimes this, this um, idea that there's fear and love and so we looked at that but I want to expand it further I want to look at our resistance resistance to me is all the times that we set our intentions that we get really clear about on what we want but unfortunately we focus on all the things we don't want and that's a big issue um we tend to look at all the symptoms. So, example, when it comes to our health, instead of, you know, trying to figure out what that underlying cause is, or that underlying deeper fear, or subconscious or unconscious fear is, um, we kind of look at all the symptoms. And unfortunately, by looking at all the symptoms, we kind of hold the things in place. And It's the same with our weight, you know, we say we want to lose weight, but we focus on all the things that (laughs) are causing the problem, or all the symptoms that are of the problem. And it's the same with, you know, abundance, we say we want abundance, but then when the first of the month comes around, we look at all our bills. So we have all these hidden fears, we have these fears that we, you know, distract ourselves with from looking at. And um, we also want to look at the process maybe of letting go which is you know letting go of the intensity of the emotion a lot of times when we're uncomfortable we just want to well distract ourselves so we choose a bunch of addictions that we kind of fall into easily and effortlessly and of course they're about our fears and they're about our choices and they're all the things that we've talked about but I want to kind of tie it all up in this nice little package and see if where we can go from there so Tom take it away (laughs)
0: <laughs> okay. Yeah, as you're talking, uh, I've gone through about four or five different yeah. approaches. Yes. <laughs> and uh, the very last one that was in my mind was that often this this issue between causes and symptoms yeah. has is also the issue between doing and being.
1: Yes. We
0: see a problem. Yes. You were mentioning weight or health or, you know, whatever abundance, whatever, we, we see problems and we think, well, what can I do about that? There's a, there's a prescription, you know, well, if I just did this, this, and this, you know, if I stopped eating junk food, I stopped eating snacks, I just ate, you know, more reasonably, only the best foods and so on. Yes, then, organic you know, the, and, you
1: know, the, all the things yeah. we can go through. Yes.
0: Right. So we think about all the things we should do yes. and we focus on the doing but the doing is not really where the problem is. It's not that we don't do these things that are healthy or these things that are good for us. It's that there's a reason why we don't do them. You see, it's not just that it's not just a lack of doing, but there's a reason why we don't do these things. The problem is in the being, not in the doing. We do all those things that aren't healthy. We don't, you know, exercise when we know we should. We don't, you know, pass up the snacks when we know we should. We don't, you know, push away that ice cream for dessert when we know we should. We don't do all those things. And it's not just because the doing is wrong. The doing is kind of the last thing in a chain of events that we get to. It's that the being is wrong. And when you fix the being at the being level, then the doing level fixes itself. So instead of focusing on the stuff, on the action, we need to focus on the intent. Instead of looking for the what should I do, we need to focus on why do I do what I do? Not so much why don't I do what I should do, (laughs) but why do I do what I do? You see, and if you understand what the motivation is at the very bottom, now that's at the being level. Right. And one of the problems that many of us have when we're looking at the being level is that we're not really sure who we are. You know, when we say, well, who am I at the being level? And right away, we start ticking off all sorts of things about us. You know, well, I'm mother, I'm sister, I'm this, I'm that. I have these responsibilities, you know, who am I? And we list all of the stuff in our doing world, but we miss who we are at the being level. And we often cover that, who we are at the being level up with who we want to be. We act the way we think we should be. We act the way, you know, well, it's better to always have a smile on your face and be cheerful. So we put a smile on our face and we're cheerful, whether we really feel like smiling or being cheerful or not, you see, Mm -hmm. because that's the right way to do it. And after you've lived most of your life with acting, really, who you think you ought to be and focusing on the doing of what you should do but you don't ever quite seem to be able to do what you should do. It's always what you do do that takes precedence. And that's because what you do do is a factor of your, it's a result of who you are, you at the being level. So it's a little bit difficult for people because they say, all right, well, let's take a look at me in the being level. And most people will say, hmm, who am I at the being level? They're not really sure who they are. They've been acting so long. They've been so tied up in the in the doing part of things and in their relationships and in their their, their uh, connections with other people they don't see themselves as having you know created those situations. Right. They often see themselves as pawns in those situations or mm. just caught up in those situations rather than taking responsibility that they make those situations. Right. So we're talking really about a whole new approach to our existence. It's not just how do we lose that weight or how do we make ourselves exercise regularly or how do we do the, you know, the things that we should be doing. That's way out two or three steps down, you know, out on the on the, uh, you know, the symptom side. You know, that's, the, that's kind of the end result. But let's back up. And say, why do I do what I do? Because until you understand that, changing it is going to be difficult. Mm -hmm. Because you're going to just slip right back into the same sort of thing because that's who you are. Trying to be somebody different than who you are is the wrong approach. The approach should be changing who you are. If you feel that your life isn't full of joy and it isn't, you know, it's not being the way you want it to be or you're too heavy or you're too poor or whatever, you're too lonely, you know, whatever it is, it's not that you should go do something different. It's that you need to see why are you as you are and is that the way you want to be? Right. And if the answer is no, then how are you going to change it so well, you can't you can't change it by changing the stuff in the outer world you can't right, change right. who you are by doing things differently you have to change who you are by being differently and that's a whole different focus so okay we so tend... let me
1: understand so okay. okay so from a being level instead of what i'm what i'm doing from a being level is distracting myself Because I don't want to face certain emotions or feel that those emotions are going to be too turbulent or too much or whatever it is that we do. And then, then we addict ourselves with, you know, certain things that will not necessarily make us feel better, but maybe make us feel better for a very short period of time. Or they used to make us feel better, so we kind of sort of still do those things so that those are... Those, mm-hmm. So the being aspect then is that we're avoiding, that we are resisting, that we're, you know, we're, we're distracting ourselves. Yes.
0: Okay. Right. And the reason that we want to distract ourselves is because of fear. Right. We're not so sure when we look in at who we really are at that being level that it's going to be a pretty picture. Right. We're just not too convinced of that. We think if we look in at who we really are, it's going to be a sad picture. We're going to be lacking. We're not going to be the way we are. So rather than look at that ugly picture that we think might be under there, we tell ourselves a story. I think that's, yes. a, that's a, a phrase that you use. You yes. know, We tell ourselves a story. And then we believe in that story. And that story then becomes us. Right. But you see, it's not really us. It's just our story. So to change at the being level... First thing required is courage. You have to really find yourself at where you are and who you are. Not your story, but what's at the bottom level. And you have to be willing to accept that, whatever that is. Now, you don't necessarily, you know, have to accept it in the sense that I'll be that forever. You can change yourself, you know, but you have to accept what you are. And until you really get an honest look at who you are at the being level, then you're not going to change any of those little bad habits or things that you find in your life that aren't working well. You're not going to change the quality of your relationships. You're not going to change, you know, uh, you know, your weight. You're not going to change any of these things, at least not permanently. Yes, you might change them for a month or two months or even six months. But it's all going to go back to the way it is, you know, the way it was, because that's the way it is. That's the way you are. That's your story. And you have to start at the root and work up. You can't start out at the, at the doing level, out where, where you're in, you know, where you're believing your story and try to fix the story because the story isn't real. And what's real will keep bringing that story right back to that same old story you'd like to get out of, you see, because that's nice. the real you. So you look under the hood and you find the real you and all the rest of that is your, your um, the ways that you deal with that fear. So you have fear at the very root. You have fears that you're not such a wonderful person, that you're not so likable, that you're not so much, you're not so adequate. And you have all these fears down there, and you don't really want to look at those. Right. That's the basic problem. You need to say, I am who I am. I'll accept that. And once you know who you are, you have an ability to change it. But you see, before you really know who you are, before you get down to that being level, it's very, very difficult to change anything, because you are in that uh, state uh, they say, rearranging the chairs, you know on the deck of the Titanic. You know you're doing all this stuff that really doesn't matter anyway, because it's all just a story. It's all just a game that you're pretending. And it doesn't fix anything for very long. Okay. It's all temporary. Because you're forcing it with your intellect. You're not being it with your heart. You see? And those are two different things. So rather than trying to be the way we think we should be, step one is be who you are. Own it. Then if you don't like it, change it, you know, at the being level. And at that point, you'll find that these things that were so hard to do Like the losing weight or the other things, the relationships you have, those things are just so hard to do. You'd try them, you'd start, it'd work for a little while, and then it would slip back, you know, to the way it was. Those things just start to take care of themselves. They just fix themselves because now it's not a story. It's real. You see, it's not that you think you ought to lose weight, but you as a being, at the being level, want to lose weight, and then it's easy. It's not a, it's not an overlay that your intellect is trying to force you to do. It's where really what you want to do.
1: Well, it's really what won't... the root cause is, which is usually a safety right. issue or you know, uh, we learned a silly behavior because our parents would reward us with food to be good. So whenever we don't feel good, we reward ourselves to be with food <laughs> in hopes to be good, right? Uh, so it's well, it's like those unconscious fears that we have that we're just not we're just not conscious of. (laughs) We're not (laughs) yes. yes.
0: (laughs) Yeah well you know a lot of times we'll find that there's a you know we have various strategies in dealing with these fears. And one of the most common strategies is a is a, a little game that goes like this. It says that I can't lose if I don't play. Right. You see? Now, that's because you fear that if you try to play, you'll lose. You won't do well. So the I can't lose if I don't play is a strategy to keep from having to face that fear that you will lose. But the fact is that if you don't play, (laughs) you lose. You always lose if you don't play. Now, that often is why people are overweight. Why? Well, there's this very stressful game out there called, you know, male-female interaction or, you know, um, whatever else, uh, you know, husband-wife uh, interaction, girlfriend-boyfriend interaction, and you have all that, that um, stress around that, and if you feel insecure, one of your strategies is to not play. Oh, I can't lose. I won't be rejected. And how do you do that? How do you not play? well, you you know, cut off your hair real short, you uh, gain weight, you uh, take on other things. And you can say, well, if I get rejected, it's not going to be because of me. It's because I'm too heavy. It's because I'm this way or that way, or I'm brassy, or I'm, I'm very forceful. And because of that is why I get and that's not really me. You see, mm-hmm. so it's not like, you aren't really being rejected down at the level. But if you just tried, if you were just you and got rejected, oh, that would be awful. That would be losing, you see. But if you don't play, then the rejection you get is not really focused at you. It's focused at this character that you are, this heavy person that no longer is in the game. So that's why... You know, you don't get called or whatever because you've taken yourself out of the game. But that's okay. That's my choice. That's not a rejection, Mm -hmm. you see. So we'll find out. Now, I just made that up. But that's, you know, that's just, you know, one of the ways that you find out something like eating. You see, if you can't solve that problem of letting go of that strategy that's attached to that fear, then, yes, you can diet. You can do all kinds of things. But you'll continually sabotage yourself because that's not really what you want to do. You need that weight. You need that weight. Otherwise, you'd have other choices to make that are scary, too scary. You see? So that's a strategy. And we use that strategy and a lot of other strategies Mm -hmm. that we have to deal with our fears. So here we are, let's say, and we're 20 years old. We're 60 pounds overweight, but we're safe from rejection, you see, and we try to diet, but it just doesn't work. And for some reason, in the middle of that diet, there's there's this big tub of pistachio ice cream that we just can't leave <laughs> alone. And we'll say, okay, well, I'll just I'll just do that, and then I'll be good again, you know, and yes. it just all eventually unwinds, and it doesn't work, and then you start feeling bad about yourself. Right. Oh, I guess can't lose this weight. There's nothing really wrong with me, you see, deep inside. It's just that I can't lose this weight.
1: Something see, inside of me, yes. Yeah that's, story. Yeah.
0: yeah, that's another story you're telling yourself. Yeah. Oh, well, it's probably glandular. You know, yes. it's my thyroid. I can't lose this genetic.
1: weight. It's genetic. Yeah, it's
0: genetic. <laughs> and you have all of these reasons why. And as you try to lose it, you just can't because at a deeper level... You have that weight for a reason, and that reason is a strategy to deal with a fear. So you see, until you get back to the who am I, oh, I see, I'm really afraid of this, and that's why I've kind of taken myself out of the game, and I need to deal with that fear. Accept that fear. All right, I get rejected. That's okay. That's not so much about me as it is about the person rejecting me. You see, we, we just see things and accept things and take responsibility. Now that weight can just fall off because you don't need it anymore. So there's things like that that we need. We need poor relationships sometimes just because it makes us feel Oh, I don't know. Um, It's not necessarily the martyr game. That's another strategy. You see, that's a, that's a different strategy, but sometimes the poor relationship, the struggling relationship that you are always getting picked on and you feel yourself to be the, the pawn or the victim. Well, you need that feeling of being a pawn and a victim because that helps you deal with fear Mm -hmm. that you have. If you were not to be that pawn and victim, if you were to be out there in charge and responsible, but what if that didn't work? What if that was a failure? Oh, well, the pawn and the victim, I can get a little sympathy, and it's really never my problem. It's not my fault, you see, because I'm just this pawn. I'm a victim. It's not my fault. Right. See how we have those, these things that, that get in our way. They're tied to fears, and they're strategies for us to deal with those fears, And we go through our whole life with these stories and never really know who we are and we're struggling all the time. And it seems like we're struggling with ourselves and in a way we are struggling with ourselves, but we're refusing to be authentic. We're refusing to deal with life as it comes. We want to be in charge somehow. We want to be safe Mm -hmm. and it's safer sometimes if you're, you know, 18 or 19 or 20 years old, you're female and you're really scared of not being good enough. Well, you can take away some of that fear you see at, at the intellectual level by dropping Mm -hmm. out of that game rather than deal with that high stress game. So, yeah, these are things the same with your career. Well, yeah, you'd really like to be a doctor, but what if you can't get into medical school, right. you know, so instead you're a nurse because yeah, you know, that's what it is. But, you know, and there are reasons for that and the reasons are go back to your fear. So it's not just that, well, I had to be a nurse because I needed a job. I didn't have time to go to medical school. That's your story. You say <laughs> that's your story that justifies your strategy to deal with your fear. It's not necessarily the way it had to be. It's just the way you believe that it had to be because then that excuses you for you know, the way you have been. So I don't know if I'm really making sense or I'm confusing no, people. But there's a, there's a, the basic problem is you're right. It's not, you know, it's not the problem that we think the problem is. We think the problem is I eat too much. Right. That's not the problem. That's a symptom of the problem. The problem is the fear. Why is it that you need to be heavy? That would be the question. And right. you'd say, Oh, I don't want to be heavy. I want to be thin. Yeah, well that's your intellect talking. Find out where you're where you are at the bean level.
1: What Why... you're getting out of it. Because yeah. there's some you're always getting something out of all of our stories, right?
0: Yes, that's right. Those stories help us kind of Cover over our fear, make the fear disappear it 's the way we stuff the fear under the rug, so we don't have to deal with it. We tell stories, oh, that lump in the rug <laughs> that thing i've stuffed under there that 's not really there that's just <laughs> you know a flaw on the floor or something. Mm-hmm. We make up stories about the our you know our life and why we are and and who we are and what happens to us and and that kind of thing, and those stories keep us really from seeing who we really are. So this this idea of who am I is a quest that most of us need to go on at some time and find out just who is that. Just peel back the intellect and just let the being level be there. It takes courage to do it. And you do it a little bit at a time. You don't change. It's not like you wake up in the morning, you're a different person, you know, when you went to sleep. This takes years of effort to want to do this. Because these fears, well, the fears are really frightening. We're really afraid of it, and that fear is real. And when you're fearful, you'll make up any excuse not to go there. Oh, I'll do it tomorrow. Or, well, it's not really like that anyway, so I don't have to do this. Or you make up some excuse. It's like uh, when, you're a, when you're an addict, and let's say you're an alcoholic, you make up all sorts of excuses why well just one little drink yeah yeah just this one i mean it's yeah. not going to hurt anything I, i'm not going to i'm not going to drink my i'm just going to drink this one you see and you come up with with an excuse to do what it is that you know you want to do and with food it's the same way you know well you'll just eat this one thing or you'll just buy these cookies or you'll just have some sugar when you know you shouldn't have sugar and it's because there's a part of you that says, "Of course, I want that sugar. Yes, I do want to be heavy. Yes, you know this this uh, being a being a martyr, being a uh, you know poor little me, is a good excuse for me not being more of what I should be."
1: And there's so many layers it. to it too, though. Like there's so many layers. Like we'll, you know, we'll hide certain emotions because they're too intense for us. So as soon as we start to feel uncomfortable, as soon as we feel that guilt of having eaten that pint of rocky road ice cream or whatever it was that we, you know, that guilt, then we'll we'll distract ourselves from something else because we don't, we can't deal with that. I think probably one of the biggest things we have as an emotion that we avoid is guilt because it's such a heavy energy, like it's we, you know, if it's guilt, then how do we deal with it? Because it's, it's something we're dealing with. I mean, I had, I, <laughs> this month has been one really interesting month. And I, you know, halfway through, I discovered that I had a credit card fraud. Well, I mean, clearly, this wasn't my fault. <laughs> but the guilt I felt, even though, you know, there, I mean, I don't think i you know, I didn't do anything wrong. It certainly wasn't me, but you know, it's somewhere local and it's, it's like, oh my God, like how are they even going to figure out that it's not me? And like all of this stuff going through my head, but the guilt, the feeling that it's like, you know, somehow I did something wrong, that somehow someone was able to, you know, get the information from my credit card to fraud me. So it's like, we have this underlying guilt that's really hard to even identify with or to want to own because it's, it, it's not just the one incident. It's like our, our, our mind, which is so wonderful, doesn't want us to have like a billion different compartments of what guilt is. It brings it all sort of together. So it's like, you need to find Mm. out what that initial guilt was, or, you know, where that guilt takes you, because it can be so heavy.
0: Sure. Yeah, fear, fear. uh, Yeah, you you have under you have your underlying fear, your basic fears, things like, um, you know, people won't like me, Or people will think think bad bad of me. Yeah, abandonment. I'm not good enough. I'm inadequate. You have all these very fundamental fears. But these fundamental fears then branch off and create more fears. And those fears create more fears. And it just keeps building out layer by layer. And pretty soon you have so many fears all stacked up. Of course, they all go back to that basic fear of abandonment or, you know, not being good enough or something like that. That's the root of it all. But they've built up to this this set of fears that becomes your life. And when you feel guilty, that's another fear. That's just that, you know, so why do you feel guilty? Well, you feel guilty because there's a lot of merchants that are going to be stuck with bills that had my name on them because (laughs) somebody stole my credit stuff. And they're going to think badly of me. You see, and oh, no, you see, they will think and, you know, they'll my name will be on the on the bad list, you know, in their shop. And what if I go in there one day and they, you know, they recognize my name? Or, you know, I'm the one that ripped them off. So, but you have this sense of what other people think of me. You see, well, what other people think of me is only a concern if you feel inadequate. If you feel inadequate, if you're okay about yourself, you don't really care that much what other people think of you. What other people think of you is their issue, not your issue. You see, your issue is what do you think of yourself? (laughs) Their issue is what do they think of you, and there's nothing you can do about that. So you just live your life. The chips fall where they may. And if some people don't like you because of whatever, a misunderstanding or anything else, well, that's the way it is. You accept it. You see, that's okay. And when you're okay with you, then everything else you see is fine. However it falls out, it's when you're not okay with you that you have these guilts, you have these problems that, that you carry with you. And they all will go right back up to some basic fear someplace, probably something you've been carrying around, you know, from... When you were born or shortly thereafter, you know, it's, it's that kind of thing. And that's what makes the fear really hard to find because it's so deep right. that we only go back, say, the first level or the second level or the third level, and there may be six or seven levels where you right. finally get back to the root fear. It's hard to do that. One of the things I have found is that though fear is very hard to find, ego is very easy to find. Right. Ego is, you know what's, you know, it's your motivation, it's your intent, it's what makes you feel the way you feel and you look at it and say, well, is it about me? You know, is this about how I feel? Well, if it's about you, I don't want people to dislike me. I don't want people to think I'm the one that ripped them off, you know, that sort of thing. Then that's about you. It's not really about those people and what they'll think of you. It's about you and your feeling of shame or your feeling of oh no, you know, uh maybe my picture will be up at the post office, you know, uh you know.
1: No, it's more like no. what did I do wrong? What did I do yeah. wrong that someone yeah. somehow this happened?
0: Right. How could I have been more careful because right. you know after all everything is your fault.
1: Yeah. Right. Right.
0: <laughs> see? Everything's my fault, therefore what did I do wrong? Well, that's everything's my fault. You see it goes back to a fear probably of inadequacy or something. You say, everything's my fault. Um, that's that's a fear. Right. So
1: it's, it's when that... you feel,
0: well, what did I do wrong? And yeah. the thing is that it's not, you know, blame. When Go we ahead. talk about mm-hmm. blame, you see, that's just fear-based too. So the what that you blame yourself, what did I do wrong? Well, the way we should look at it is we should, you know, we should learn from our mistakes. So we might think, well, gee, did I like lose a credit card or something, you know, did I leave my wallet somewhere? What, you know, did I do something foolish? Because if I did, it's not that I should feel guilty about it, but I should not do that anymore. (laughs) If I did something like that, you know, then I need to be aware so I don't do it anymore so we don't create this problem. But after that, you accept it the way it is. Okay, I did do something wrong. I left my, my wallet in the restroom for you know an hour and then went back and it was still there but somebody evidently pulled out a credit card and copied the number down you see uh well
1: it was a little bit you know, more devious than that but yes <laughs>
0: yeah so you know you can you can realize that yeah okay i i didn't do that right i need to be more careful but you also just accept that's life sometimes those things happen sometimes you just walk out and leave your yes. wallet somewhere else you know it happens to everybody every once in a while and most of the time you get away with it, you know, without a problem. But some of the time it's going to come back and bite you. Well, except that you deal with it and go on. You see, you don't take it in at an emotional level of, oh, no, right. I screwed up. Oh, no, people won't like me. Oh, no. You see all of this. You look at the negative things. It's all about me. You see, or it's all about you. The oh, no's yes. are all about you. Right. You see, all so either. that's. Yes. So that's ego. It's all about you. And once you see that ego, immediately you can say, oh, there's a fear here someplace because you don't have the ego without the fear. And then you can start looking for that, for that fear. So, yes, if it's always – <laughs> if when something goes wrong, you immediately start looking for your error. You know, well, The mistake you must have made, otherwise it wouldn't have gone wrong. You know, mm-hmm. What am I doing wrong? That's a fear. That's you're not really believing in yourself. Yeah. You're not. You're not saying, "Well, I am, who I am, and that's good." You're. I'm not very good, and I make a lot of mistakes. And when I do, it hurts people. Oh, you know what was me? That's all ego. go. Right. So, that's the. And then there's the, the, a
1: billion ways that a person could have reacted to that. Somebody would have gotten really angry. Some, and we all yeah. have these fears, right? Like, there's always right. something that sort of. Is like an emotional energy that is attached to things. That right. underlying that is going and, to be a fear,
0: right? And that emotional energy is is all part of the cover up, right? Right. You could have gotten angry, right? In, instead, you could have said, "How dare they take exactly. my credit card number and do this?" And I'm you know so upset with whoever that was, and you could get into this big anger thing, right. and all that is is the same. It's the same thing. You're hiding from dealing with the fear and the anger helps cover it over. You just obfuscate the problem, the real problem, the being level problem with the anger, because anger isn't useful any more than blaming yourself (laughs) for it happening isn't useful. You see, none of those things are useful. They don't help you solve the problem. There is a problem now and you have to deal with it. Okay, there's been a credit card fraud and you need to deal with that. And that may not be fun, but it's life and you just deal with it and people will deal, have to deal with it too. The other people on the other end of that fraud also have to deal with it and everybody deals with it and everybody goes on and that's just the way life is. You can accept that, okay, but the anger means you don't want to accept
1: right.
0: the feeling, what did I do wrong is you're not just accepting it the way it is. You see, you're personalizing, it's about you, yeah. it's about me. And that's the, that's the problem. If we have, if everything's about us, that means we are at the center of our universe and everything's about us. You know, if something happens in your world and somebody is rude to you, well, you know, it's all about you. They were rude to me. They didn't like me or they didn't this, or they're an awful person and you go through all of this anger and you go through this stuff and none of that's helpful. Right. The fact is they, We're rude to you. Fact. Well, it's their free will. They have a choice. One of their choices is to be rude. That's the choice they made. It could have also
1: been a perception, unfortunately. What does that have to do with you? It could have been a perception, too. We see certain things based on our story that we, you know, someone says something and that's, oh, my God, that's so rude. And how could they, you know, but it's because it triggers something in us. It triggers our fear, our discomfort. Right.
0: Right. And all of that's not helpful. No. See, none of, those, <laughs> none of those emotional reactions are helpful. If somebody's rude to you, you might just think, well, wow, gee, you wonder why they said that. You know, if you don't make it all about you, right. then it's more properly about them. Right. The question is, I, don't, I didn't deserve that. That's, that's not where to go. Where to go is, why did they say that? And you might think about it, and you may realize that there's something that's triggering them or misinformation they have. Or maybe they're just a nasty person you know, <laughs> that likes hurting other people. Who knows? But it's them, you see. Right. They were the ones that were rude. And you don't have to be a victim. You don't have to be any of those things. It's just a fact of life. Sometimes people are rude. And you deal with it. And how do you best deal with it? Well, you don't deal with it with fear. You don't deal with it with ego. You just deal with it. It's a fact and deal with it. And a lot of times if you think about, well, why did they say that? You'll find out that it's not really that they were so rude. It's just that they had misinformation or one of their soft spots, you know, one of their trigger points was flaring and or they were just having a really bad day. But none of that really matters. You see, it's just whatever it is. It's just not that important to you. It should be more important to them because now they've just shown some bad behavior that has to do with their fear that they ought to work on. But it's not a bad thing for you. You see, it's not your problem. Unless let's say that's your mother or that's your, you know, your wife or somebody else, then it is sort of your problem because you have to deal with them a lot. And then you have to decide, you know, how best to deal with that to help them so that they don't have that problem rather than you know end up being about you because that's on that's not productive. So what we're trying to do is is get back to an authentic point where our reactions to things are actually productive. They actually help make things better rather than just keep throwing more fuel on the fire. You see that's that's the problem. So when we have these things that happen to us, whether somebody being rude or our bank account gets, gets, uh, you know, broken into somehow we can, we can learn from it and go on, or we can wallow in it, you see, and be unhappy about it. The wallowing in it and being unhappy about it is just not helpful to anyone. It makes everything worse. Now you, even your reactions with other people aren't as good as they would have been because you're upset about what happened to you. So everything just gets worse all around you. And if you're a little snappy with people because you're feeling really angry about this, you know, this credit card thing, well then, you see, you're creating, you just create more and more problems. Everything gets worse and then so, the people
1: don't want to help you and you know like it can it can go way out of control because you're exactly. you know in your state and that you know that that I learned I don't know if I want to say the hard way but it, you can certainly it's you know that old saying of you know it's better to treat with sugar than it is to treat with <laughs> whatever it is that saying is yeah. but you know it's like we the thing is is that so much of what we do is hidden beneath the levels that we don't even sometimes realize, yeah. you know, what we're doing. Like, it's, it's that real deep desire to want to, you know, take the time to figure out the whys. Or, it's not even the whys, because if we get our head too involved, which I tend to like to do... I Mm -hmm. tend I really wanted to figure out you know where the where it could have happened and I figured it out but it's like that was just like this huge intellectual process that took me most of my evening (laughs) and night of Mm -hmm. not sleeping very well and going over and over and over the details Um, but it's it's like we we get so focused on You know, this intellectual process that we go through trying to figure things out, like even, you know, so much is is based on, you know, psychotherapy and like all of these processes that we, you know, tend to fall towards, you know, have a a high intellectual basis to it. Um, Mm -hmm. sometimes, you know, it's better just to get into your body and to feel and to, you know, feel where there's, you know, blocked energy or the emotion or whatever that is. That's even underlying the intellectual, but it's like, there's this process that we go through. And even when we are determined that we want to grow and evolve towards love, we can still get caught up in the process. (laughs) Yeah, we can. Of trying to become conscious?
0: You see, that's the the intellectual thing. Yeah. We tend to live our lives out of our heads. Right. That's doing the things that we think we should do. And some of that's necessary. It was probably a very good thing that you figured out how it is your credit card number got compromised. Because now you can make sure that that doesn't happen anymore, you see. So it's good to use your intellect to figure some things out. But we don't want to live our life. Out of our intellect, we need to live our life right out of our being level doesn't mean that you can't think you can think, but you have to know the difference between thinking in a way that is uh, productive and thinking in a way that you're telling yourself a story because it's what you want to hear. You see, right? So the intellect isn't the enemy. We need an intellect we just don't need the intellect to be in the service of fear you see and when the intellect's making up stories then you know right. to to give us excuses for the way we are then that's intellect in the service of fear right. and when that is part of the problem and most of us living our lives through our intellects it's probably 80% of the time it's intellect in the service of fear because most of us are really dominated by these fears So we need to let that, we need to realize that, you know, when we say stuff happens and you just have to deal with it, that doesn't always mean deal with it intellectually. Mostly, it doesn't mean deal with it intellectually. It means deal with it on a being level, accept it and be okay with it and take action if there's action is necessary. Do we need to
1: identify all of the little things though like I think we spend so much time no. again analyzing like it's do we need to know the emotion do we need to even know the fear necessarily
0: No, all yeah. that analyzing is another is another way right. of sweeping things under the rug instead of looking at the problem we're looking at all the all the details around the problem but we're not looking at the problem Well, I don't have time to look at the problem. I'm too busy (laughs) trying to figure it out, you see. And then eventually you kind of just wear yourself out on that to where you can now go on and, okay, it stays safely under the rug. So often this this trying to figure everything out is a waste of your time and it's another strategy for not looking at what you don't want to look at. Yeah, the details often don't matter. You know, there's been some studies that have shown that a – a good listener is as effective in treating oh, yeah. uh, and mental and emotional problems as is a psychiatrist. You know, and basically to have somebody who will listen and you can talk to is just about as good. You know, as far as their effectiveness, it's really close to the same. The fact that the, see what the psychiatrist will do is they'll figure out all the details. Oh, you're like this because of that
1: but they don't well, usually tell you anyway so they're just really just yeah. listening and writing in a book <laughs>
0: yeah but they're listening and you they get are to talk listening. Yes. and that's the therapeutic part right. you see it's not it's not what they say and if they give you some kind of reason for it then you no longer have to take personal responsibility right. for that because you've got a reason. I have so, a neurosis, <laughs> yeah.
1: right? I, I have an excuse. I have this neurosis that's not going to go right. away. <laughs>
0: right. And uh, let's see. My mother gave that to yes. me. You see. Yes. So it's not really even my, no. you know, my responsibility. I got that from my family or whatever. I was uh, bitten by a dog <laughs> when I was three years old. Yes. So you have, you have. Once you can name, you see, intellectually, you can put labels on things and then we can blame it on the the labels of, oh, here's what is wrong. So that way we avoid taking personal responsibility for being who we are. So the intellectual part can just be another strategy for slipping out the back on, you know, on uh, becoming authentic. Right. And, yeah, we spend way too much time trying to figure out details when the details really don't matter. Right. You know, it really doesn't. It really doesn't matter what those details are. But we focus on them because that gets us out. I guess it's doing something else. Doing it's a distraction.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. But it is, a, it's a hard thing to do. You know, you made a comment about learning, you know, uh, learning the hard way. I think everybody learns the hard way. <laughs> I don't know that there's any other way to learn except the hard way. You know, mm-hmm. learning the easy way, like, um, you know, you're, like just listening to our talk, somebody says, Okay, I heard that. Fear's the problem. All right. I'm healed now. You see, that's the easy way, right? <laughs> you just understand it. I'm just going to yeah. let go of all those fears and I feel so much better. Yeah. You see, obviously, that doesn't work very well. You know, that's the easy way. The, the hard way is that you have to get down and wrestle those fears to the ground. And that's not always an easy thing to do. It takes a lot of courage. So, but first, you have to understand that the problem. It's probably not the problem you think it is. Well, that's problem the is problem, problem that you prob- think it is. <laughs> that problem that you're concerned about, and if I could just solve this problem, right. that's probably a symptom of a symptom of a symptom. It's probably several orders, you know, removed from the mm-hmm. real source of the problem. And that just takes some honest feeling, actually more than intellectualizing. It takes some honest feeling to get, past those, those things and get more to the root of the problem and then accept that problem and then deal with it with courage. And then you will find a lot of the issues that you had just disappear. Because if you can tear up the roots of the plant, you don't have to worry about fighting the leaves. You know, they'll just all, you know, wither and go away. If you can get to the root, right. all the rest of that stuff just goes away all by itself. So if you that's the that's the key thing. All these little issues that you deal with are insignificant in that sense. That's the stuff that gets in the way, it keeps us busy, keeps our mind off the real problem.
1: They don't so feel insignificant, but
0: No, no, you know, they feel like they're the, the biggest, they're the biggest they're the biggest thing going. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, they do. But that's, you know, your best friend said something really nasty to you and that really hurt. And that may be the biggest thing in your life for the next month. You know, just dealing with that. And see, that's the wrong thing. Yeah. That's not dealing with it. Right. That's avoiding it. Yeah. Dealing with it resolves it. Churning it over and over and over and how unfair and whatever. That doesn't resolve it. That just makes it worse.
1: Yeah, and it never has anything to do with the other person. I mean, it really, (laughs) it's never the other person. Yeah, we put so much energy on, you know, justification and being right and how dare they. (laughs) Right. Yeah.
0: And all of that's because you don't deserve that kind of treatment. So it gets back to it's really about you. Right and that's the problem. That's that ego. I don't deserve that. That's unfair. And that's kind of the starting place. And after that, you start feeling bad, and then you feel angry, and then you feel hurt, and you go through all this other stuff. And all of that is just ego. And that ego is all tied to fear. So yes, it is a hard problem. And typically, we deal with symptoms. And we deal with three or four levels down in our in our fear and most of us don't realize it, but our life our life's choices, the things we do, the things we feel and think are about 80, ninety percent driven by our fears. Right. And we don't under, we don't realize that our life is that driven by our fears. but once we get to it, we find that it is. but once we get to it, once we see it, now we're in a position to do something about it. You see, as long as we just keep making up stories, then we're not in a position to ever fix it. You can't fix something you refuse to look at. You know, you can't fix something you refuse to admit exists. Right. So just you're just stewing in your own juice. You see, when you're when you're working with these fears and there's no chance that you fix it or change it or that your life will ever be anything more than a struggle because You're not ever getting to the root cause of what the problem is. And that root cause is not somebody else. That root cause is yours. And it's at the being level. And it's not that you're doing things wrong. It's that you're being wrong. The being is what you have to fix, not the doing.
1: Okay, so so we've worked through something and we've decided or we've worked into the energy and the fear is abandonment. How do we, how do we shift that? How do we say when all of our experiences, you know, that story we've done has shown us that this is, this will be what happens. How do we let go of that fear? How do we face that fear so that it shifts, so that it changes, so that whatever it is that happens with, you know, those core deep Hidden fears. How do we? What well, do we do? First
0: thing you do is you have to. When you get there and you find that it is abandonment that you feel like you're going to be abandoned, that even you, you know, your friends. Well, eventually they'll turn on you. Well, you know, and this abandonment thing just kind of goes through your life. You have to accept it and say, okay, okay. if I'm going to be abandoned, I'll deal with that. I can be by myself. I can deal with false friends. I'll just deal with it. I'll go on. I'll make new friends. And if those friends abandon me too, I'll make new friends. I'll get by. You see, you just have to have the courage to accept that Mm -hmm. that is the way it is, and you're just going to go on anyway. So if you try to deny it, oh, that's a silly fear. I'm not really going to be abandoned that won't work because you'll still have that fear and you'll still feel that way. Now you're playing an intellectual game, trying to convince yourself that the fear isn't true. Right. You see, and that will always explode and and go away and, you know, leave you feeling fearful again. So you have to accept it and say, okay, I probably will always be abandoned. That's the way I feel. I can't trust anybody, anything for the long term. just isn't going to work. Well, okay, then let's just start living in the now. In the short term, let's not worry about the long term. Let's just live now and we'll see what we do. And if I have friends and they're good friends and I spend time with them and I enjoy it and then they turn on me later, well, I'll deal with that and I'll get new friends. If that's the way it's going to be with me, then. It's okay. I can handle it, you see. So that's that's what I mean by accepting your fear rather than denying it. Now you own it. All right, you own it. And then what you'll find is it won't happen, you see. Even though you just kind of feel like it will, it won't happen. And because you own it, you don't have to be afraid of it anymore. It's okay. You can deal with it, you see. So now you don't go through life thinking that this is too good to be true because you have this sense of anything really good is going to go away and explode and you know you'll be left abandoned and so on. You've already accepted that. So now you've just pulled the teeth out of the fear. The fear can't bite you anymore. Okay. You see, that's the thing you have to do. And that's what takes courage because these fears are so deep-seated that that's a hard thing to do. But that is, as far as I know, the only way to deal with a fear is to have the courage to accept it and live a good life anyway. Live in the now. Don't worry about that happening. If it happens, deal yes. with it then. Find another friend. Find another Spouse find another child, you know, whatever, you know, whatever the thing is, you know, you'll just go on with your life and life will still be good. The sun will still come up, there will still be, you know, pretty spring days to walk, you know, amongst the flowers, there will still be a lot of good things that you can enjoy. And let that be your focus.
1: Right. And choose love, meaning choose to love others regardless of whether they are going to abandon you. This is a good show. I think this, uh, I think we kind of got to, we've said a lot of these things in different shows, but I think this is a good one to sort of bring it all together. So hopefully this will uh, assist others. But uh,
0: I hope so. That's I the whole point, it. right? Absolutely. That's why, that's why we're here. <laughs>
1: that is.
0: Yeah why we're here is hopefully that uh, somebody will get some little thing out of it and even if just one person gets a little thing there you go it's it's worth it still
1: worth it all right well you have been listening to news for the heart we've been getting to the heart of what matters with regards to fears and again thank you very much tom
0: you're welcome i love it we always have a good time
1: we do always
0: have a question for Lori and want to be on the next news from the heart show Drop us a line via instant feedback at bmajor.org. News from the Heart is brought to you by Intuitive Soul and is produced by Major Radio for Clear Channel's iHeartRadio and bmajor.org.